0: Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Off-Season Champions Podcast. I'm Sean, and this is a podcast dedicated to the Washington Redskins from the perspective of an unrealistically optimistic fan. So far in my previous episodes, we've gone over the start of the 2019 free agency period, the draft, and OTAs. All of these episodes are available anywhere you listen to podcasts. This episode, we're going to discuss the 2019 off-season minicamp, And all other news related to the Redskins. So let's get started. The largest story coming out of minicamp is the news that Trent Williams was a no-show. Initially, this wasn't a huge shock, as there could be a thousand different reasons why he wouldn't show up on day one. And even if he had showed up, he would not have been able to practice as Trent is still recovering from his off-season surgery. Unfortunately, though, it eventually turned into reports that Trent was holding out and wanted to renegotiate his contract. On top of that, there was also an issue that was brought up regarding Trent's displeasure with the team's medical staff. This is when the media and Twitter blew up. Everyone had something to say about this situation, and a lot of reports came out from all across the board. Unfortunately, no one really knew what was true. But there was one report that came out, and this one report was pretty widely spread. The report was from Jason Lockenforce's Twitter account, and the exact quote is as follows: Trent Williams' issues with the Skins are not financial at all, according to numerous sources with knowledge of the situation. He's told teammates he has demanded a trade or his release from the club due to their handling of his recent medical situation. Has vowed not to play for them. So, there's a lot of smoke in that statement. This literally came out of left field, and a lot of people were saying that Jason Lock and Four is always wrong. He's constantly reaching and trying to break stories without facts, and basically that the tr- report should not be trusted. So that's a lot to digest, right? Our starting left tackle isn't at camp. Uh, there's reports he wants more money and extension. Reports he's upset with the medical staff, and reports that he'll never play for the Skins again at all. It's a lot to take in, and as a casual fan who has no real connection with the team or any other, anyone outside of the team, we are relying on, and we have to trust the reports coming out of these journalists. When I say Twitter blew up earlier, it's basically an understatement. When that Jason Lock and Forest story broke, it went nuclear. Shit was crazy. Everyone, and I mean everyone, has an opinion on this. And there are conflicting reports and biased fans that were going nuts. The problem with this is that no one really knew what was real. Uh, No one knew what the facts were, and everything was basically hearsay. I tried to stifle through it and get as much information as I can, but at the end of the day, no one knew what was real and what, what was not. So with the medical issues aside, because I don't know what is true, and Trent has not come out and still has said nothing about it, Nor has anyone on the team said anything other than that they support him and hope he's back soon. Even Adrian Peterson, a very close friend since high school, actually, uh, to Trent, he said, I don't know where that report came from. I talk to him all the time and I've never heard him say that. Uh, Jay Gruden discussed it at the end of the first day of camp um, in his press conference, and he said that he spoke with Trent and he wanted him back in the worst way. But there's a business side of it. He went on to say that Williams is the best tackle in football, and that whenever he does return, the team and he will be ready to play. So as for the report from Lock and Fora, I'm not sure of the validity and the accuracy. Obviously, the medical issue is important, and as a professional athlete, you want to be extremely satisfied with the medical staff that is responsible for treating you and advising you on all medical issues. And maybe he has a point. This team has been crippled by injuries over the last three seasons. But as Jay Gruden said, that is between him and the doctors, and obviously the front office will play a huge part in resolving the issue, um, if there is one. But with the medical staff, hopefully, will not be the showstopper, and when trying to get Troy back, Trent back. I've heard a few people report that they feel isn't the medical staff, Um, it's really about the money, and the guaranteed money next year, and I'm sure an extension is also on his mind, but... Who really knows until they start negotiating. The obvious major hurdle for the team and Trent will be the contract negotiations. Trent does have a valid point. He is a top-tier elite left tackle in this league. There's absolutely no denying that. Trent has been one of our most reliable cornerstones on this offens, off, uh, offense since he started in 2010. Uh, in my opinion, there hasn't been a talent like Trent in any of the drafts for the last decade and there may not be another one for the next three to five years and even if there is or will be a talent like Trent to come available there's gonna be 31 other teams that are gonna be gunning for that guy uh talent like Trent's it it's once in a generation I believe uh, I know Trent's getting older and that he doesn't uh, he hasn't been as healthy and he hasn't played for an entire season in a while but that shouldn't truly matter in this discussion. He's an absolute beast on the field. He is a leader for not just the offense, but for the entire team, and he makes every single player on the offense better when he's on the field. There's just no denying any of that. I know it's not a popular opinion, and I know there's some red flags by doing it, but I think we need to pay Trent, even if it's a little more money this year, just to get him up to the top three in the NFL. We need to bring him up to where he wants to be and he's comfortable with. And we need to extend him. We need to lock him down for the next few years. I absolutely love to have Trent on this team. I'd love for him to retire as a Redskin and be a lifelong Redskin. To continue to lead this team and to continue to be a cornerstone on this offense. To help develop young talent below him and support starters next to him. Um, I mean, Trent... His talent is undeniable, and we need that. Especially this year, when we have two new QBs coming into the system, one being a rookie who will need all the help he can adjusting to the speed of the NFL. We need Trent, now more than ever, to help establish a relationship with our QB of the future, to create that chemistry, the bond that occurs with the QB and his line. We need Trent, and we should do whatever it takes to keep him. His talent and leadership are undeniable, and we should do everything we can do to keep him in the building and happy. Talent like Trent's, it's not going to be available. It's it's impossible to replace, especially on a year, in the, the, the year already. Maybe you can draft a, a future talent like him, but there's not talent like Trent's just in the league available available. Uh, they're gone. Everyone's playing, and it's not going to come cheap to get a guy like Trent. He's an all-pro elite left tackle. I say we've got to pay the man. We've got to extend the man, and we got to get him back as soon as possible. Part of the problem with Trent is when he signed his deal, it was one of the best deals for a tackle in the league. However, now uh, he's, I believe, 10th in pay this year. Uh, number one being a right tackle in Oakland. Uh, but yeah, there's about nine other guys, a few of which, two or three of which are guards that are ahead of Trent this year. Uh, notably, Nate Solder, Jake Matthews, Zach Martin, Joe Staley, uh, Russell Okun. Um, And that's got to bother Trent. I mean, he is a perennial pro bowler and he plays at a, an extremely high level. And when he's not on the field, it shows. It, it it absolutely shows. I think we need Trent back, and we got to do what it takes to get him back. I know the Redskins typically hold on to players a little bit long, and I don't think this is this that kind of situation. I think that Trent is the type of guy you want in the building, and you want on that field, and you want working with your O-line and training the guys next to him and training the guys below him That are going to come up and eventually replace him. This is for the Redskins uh, front office staff. Pay the man. Make him happy. Extend him. Because there isn't a tackle like him available. And there won't be a tackle available like him on the cheap. You got to pay for these guys. And I know it's going to affect the Brandon Sheriff negotiations. But Trent is our starting left tackle, and I think the left tackle position is the most critical position on the offense, especially when you're starting a new quarterback into the system. There's got to be a way that we can keep both Brandon and Trent happy and extended for the next few years, and we got to do whatever we can to find that and to get these guys signed up. Um, so again, that is the biggest news coming out of training camp. Uh, I'm sorry. I have mini camp, uh, and you know it's a, it's a big problem. Uh, since that report has come out, I mean, I've seen Trent. He's posted some stuff on Instagram. Nothing definitive has still been answered, um, and it's worrisome. I mean, training camp's coming up, and you want Trent there. You know, I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to hold out into the season and and miss game checks, but you know, he might. And we got to get this resolved. We we got to do whatever we can to get this thing resolved as soon as possible. So, with the transition situation aside, let's get into more of Minicamp. Um, I mean, let's start off with the Q, QB competition. Uh, day one of Minicamp was definitely Case Keenum's. Uh, he just looked sharper, he looked more in control of the offense while under center. Keenan was connecting with players all over the field, uh, Trey Quinn, Vernon Davis, Cam Sims. Uh, he had a really nice three consecutive uh, pass drive, and he capped it off with a six yard bomb to Cam Sims during the team portion of practice. And I mean, Case just looked good. He looked sharp, he looked on top of things, and he really just took the day. Uh, Haskins showed up, he did show some promise. He had glimpses of success all over the field, uh, especially uh, connecting with Terry McLaurin. But, you know, the rookie was relatively inconsistent, mainly due to the tempo that was set by the defense. Uh, He was under pressure behind a makeshift line of backups and third-string players all day. Um, Haskins shows natural athleticism and flashes of being an incredible QB, but he's young. He's just not used to the pace of the game at the NFL level, and at times he showed poor judgment. There was one point late in practice where the team was running two-minute drills and the offense was out of timeouts. Haskins saw that no one was open and took off to run the ball. That decision alone would have cost him the game if it was actual gameplay. It's just one of those things that an inexperienced QB needs to consider, and I really think that it comes with time and more practice. It's not only about your arm talent and your arm strength, your natural abilities, it's the fundamentals and understanding the situational awareness as a QB, he needs to be the game manager and uh, learn how to utilize the clock in his favor. The entire QB competition, I mean, it's exciting. It's, it's great. We, we had no one. We ended the season, no Alex Smith, no Colt McCoy. We went out and got Case, and, you know, I was excited. I, I, not at first, but I got there, and, and you know, I, I think Case has a lot of potential, and he's a veteran, and I, I think he's got a really good upside. Um, then came the draft. We we picked Dwayne Haskins and, you know, instantly QB competition was formed. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out in, to training camp and throughout the rest of the offseason uh, and the preseason. Um, I, I You know, it's nothing like a good QB competition and everyone's got an opinion on whether or not we should start Haskins, whether we should sit him to week six. I, my feeling is this. If Haskins is ready and not only about talent uh arm talent and and everything else cuz i think athletically he's he's probably ready but if he's ready mentally and he's ready situationally and has a full understanding of this offense why not let him start why sit him for five games well, i i'm of the mindset of whoever is going to give this chance this team the best chance to win that's the guy we got to start that's the person who Should week one take the field? And it shouldn't even be a second thought. It should just be this is the person that's going to provide us with the best chance. And whether it be Haskins or Keenum or even Colt McCoy, I guess we'll see how that plays out over the next couple weeks. Um, As far as the rest of the offense, both Adrian Peterson and uh, Paul Richardson were in attendance for day one after missing a lot of the OTA sessions. And uh, from his first carry, all-day AP looked great. Uh, he was described as patient and explosive and uh, routinely waited for running lanes to develop before running through them. Paul Richardson was suited up. However, he was limited as he was also coming off an injury, um, which put him on the IR last season. Uh, Richardson participated in uh, some individual drills but sat for the 7-on-7 seven seven and team drills. He should be back and fully participating uh, by the start of training camp, according to Gruden. The biggest offensive standout on day one had to be Cam Sins. He had a uh, pretty good uh, training camp and offseason last year, and um, he's developing a really good chemistry with both Haskins and Keenum. It's not surprising, uh, since he was a standout, but uh, you know, unfortunately due to his season-ending injury in week one of last year, he didn't really get a chance to shine. so I'm really hoping this um, training camp and mini camp that when he shines, it translates to him being you know a great player on the field. I really hope this kid gets a shot because he has a lot of potential, and uh, we definitely need that potential in the wide receiving group. Um, day two of mini camps. again, Adrian Peterson looked great. He's in great shape. He's exploding through the line. Peterson was asked during day two what his goal is for the season, and he came back by saying, I got my mark set at 2,000 yards. I've always had it at that mark, and I've just stepped in since I've stepped into the league. So that's where it's at. But most importantly, I just want to contribute to this team and help this team win a championship. I really hope the Skins coaching staff can find a good division of time for AP and Geiss, keeping in mind that AP is coming off a great season and Geiss is coming off an injury. I'm sure they'll ease in with Geis and they'll slow-roll him a little bit. But they got to go with a hot hand at times. Um, both of these guys should be happy with the amount of carries they get. And, you know, it's going to be running back by committee. It's going to be smash-mouth football. Uh, AP is a beast. Geis, uh, from everything we've seen from him, he's got the potential to be an absolute beast. Chris Thompson is... You know, just incredible. He he is like an all-around guy for that third round third down back. Um, this running back group, it's something to get excited about. Um, so day two, the offense in general just struggled more than they did on the first day of camp. Uh, again, mainly due to great coverage by our secondary down the field. Haskins really had uh, trouble finding open receivers and was forced to check down a lot early on. He did come back to into his own on nine, in, nine on nine drills. Um, though, you know, he did have some good passes. He finished the day out strong and this good situational drives as well. Um, Haskins made some really impressive throws and kept everything very manageable. Um, he finished the day with a pass to the corner, the end zone to Terry McLaurin, um, who was literally like smothered by Dion Harrison uh Harris rather, and um Uh, Listen, I've watched this play easily 30 times, and it's incredible. At first, you have no idea how he comes down with the ball. It's an absolute circus catch, but it really makes you excited to see these two playing again and to see what they will do for this team and for the future of this team. Uh, They obviously have a great chemistry, and the more time they have with one another, the more comfortable they'll become. So it's exciting to see Haskins out there uh, connecting with these receivers Uh, tight ends Uh, same with Keenum Um, our running back group looks great obviously the offensive line is a bit questionable um once training camp starts and we hopefully have our full complement of guys back out there it should be in a completely different picture um and it really will shed some light on this QB competition as well um but the offensive side I think we look pretty good um the receiving group by committee is going to be interesting but um We'll see how it all plays out. We'll see who steps up in camp and who really makes a name for himself and who makes his team. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, yet again, and shouldn't be a surprise, this front five uh, impressed. Everyone looked good, uh, especially in individual drills, and the whole squad was getting after the offensive line during the team drills. Um, D-line coach Jim Tomsula, he's extremely pumped for this group. Uh, not only with the starters, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, uh, Daron Payne, but uh, Tom Sula was equally impressed with Tim Settle, Jojo Wicker, and Caleb Brantley. Um, the staggering part of this is that all of these guys are under 25 years old, and most of them are on contract for the next several years. Uh, that just bodes well for this team. It's going to be a group that is well-connected, a tight-knit group, and you know the depth that we have has allowed Tom Sula to rotate players throughout the day Uh, keeping starters fresh, and getting the reserves playing time with different groupings. So the chemistry amongst them will be strong, no matter what the combination of players is, is at any time. This group has been in the weight room together for months now, and the collective pushes not only the defense, but it motivates and drives the entire team. It's great to see such a young, talented, cohesive group make such an impact. Um, these front five are really going to drive what this team can do on defense this year. Uh, on top of them, rookie Montez Sweat and Jordan Brailford both look great on the edge. Sweat is fast and athletic. Um, he can easily beat offensive tackles, showing you know just his technique and speed. Um, Brailford also had a lot of success coming off the edge, blowing up a few run plays in the backfield. Uh, including Kerrigan and Anderson, this is another group that is young, talented, extremely athletic and this group specifically is going to change the defense. I think the pressure that they're going to put on QBs and running backs is going to make everyone's job easier. Uh, the secondary will play better they'll be able to jump roots and make plays on the ball um, as they won't have plays won't have time to develop. It's another really exciting group and an impactful group that will make a difference for this uh, team. I really think this defense will be a top 5D when all is said and done this season. Um, every team needs a catalyst, and I know it usually needs more than just one, but I really think this defense can be that catalyst for the skins to get to the next level. Uh, this, this defensive group really is impactful, and it's going to be a difference maker for this year. Uh, as long as we can move the ball well on offense, and hopefully we have enough depth at quarterback that we won't have the same problems we ran into last year, I really think we could be a contender this season. Um, and on day two, the secondary, um, there was a noticeable difference, uh, especially with the first-year defensive backs coach Ray Horton. Um, he is clearly in control. He made play calls from the defensive backs uh, during the se- uh, defensive backfield during 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11s. And Horton reiterated what Collins preached earlier in the offseason. off-season. Uh, by communicating amongst the group, adding feedback after every play, and not only only to the secondary, but to the whole defense, Horton comes with a ton of coaching experience, and with six years as a defensive coordinator, he's a welcome improvement as a secondary coach. He garners the respect and leadership amongst the entire D. Um, it's great to see Horton out there. Uh, he's just a leader especially what in a coach he he drives guys he motivates guys he really pushes everyone to be better and I think the secondary really responds well to him more so than we have to any defensive back coach in the last few years uh, something notable about the end of day two uh, the last two players coming off the field were Dwayne Haskins and Josh Norman and obviously while Haskins has plenty to learn and plenty to prove um he needs to be out there. He, he, he should want to be out there and he should be out there. Um, but on the other hand, Norman spent a lot of his time out there. Uh, he spent a lot of his time leading. He was going over, you know, technique with, uh, Jojo McIntosh and Dion Harris. Um, and he's just another guy in this idea of the culture change that's taking place throughout the entire organization, uh, leadership and, you know, leading by example, and helping the guys below you, Uh, it's really a culture I I love to see the Redskins pushing towards because I I think we need that. We've had some players that have been disruptive in the past, and I I think we need leadership, and it just goes a long way for everyone on the team. Uh, It's a great way to see the organization going. Um, Day three, the QB competition continued. Uh, and again, veteran Keith Keenum played really well. His experience has become more evident, and he has had a lot of quality passes throughout those days. Uh, he showed a lot of poise behind a patchwork O line, and he finished uh, mini camp ahead of Haskins. I- I'll be honest, he's much more prepared. Uh, the experience it really gives him a leg up. He needed to show the coaches during, uh, you know, all of this before training camp, and it's Really going to give him a, uh, a little bit of a leg up uh, leading into who's going to start with the first team. Um, Haskins' main issue on day three was accuracy. He overthrew players uh, a lot. Uh, at one point, he threw back-to-back interceptions, although one was not his fault. Uh, and again, Haskins just struggled in general. His lack of experience is evident in the red zone. Uh, he struggled with accuracy over the top and under-throwing. And even in the final two-minute drills, he struggled to find his rhythm and just, he just petered out. He he didn't really have it. Um, and again, it comes with practice. It comes with experience. And I think he's capable. I, I know he's capable. It's whether he's going to get there by the time we need him to be there. Uh, when asked about the QB competition and whether either QB pulled ahead during minicamp, Gruden said, we're not even thinking about that right now. Uh, He said it's too early to make any determination about the starting signal caller, especially considering the players were constantly rotating and there weren't even definitive first and second team. For now, they'll let the uh, players compete and improve through training camp and preseason go from there. Uh, Adrian Peterson finished camp looking really improved uh, since the end of last season, uh, and I think he is poised for a great season, especially with a complement of running backs around him. Um, Gruden, uh, Jay Gruden made it very clear he was happy with what he saw from Saman J. Pirine. Um, and granted, he got a line share of the carries because of the injuries and the lack of running backs that were on the field, um, but he definitely caught the eye of Gruden. And again, it's a crowded and talented group, so it'll be interesting to see how they split up time during camp and into the preseason. Um, Gruden also spent a lot of time going on about the receiving core. Uh, he went on to call out the groups. Uh, he said uh, he was said basically the entire group is very versatile, but he noted the speed of Richardson and Terry McLaurin. Uh, he went on to talk about the size of Cam Sims and Kelvin Harmon, and the pass catching ability of Trey Quinn and uh, Josh Doxson. Uh, he then went on to talk about the tight ends and said that they were a great group to have and to work with. Um, again the just the offensive weapons that we have out there it's it's something special I, I i know we don't have a wide receiver one right now but i really think you know receiving group i committee is gonna pan out well for this team uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes um on the d side of the ball uh, majority of the day took place in the red zone for the defense and the d was able to step up and force some quality turnovers um Ball hawk Jimmy Moreland looked great all afternoon, and Josh Norman finished the day with a full field pick six. Um, it's a lot easier in the D as they've got these plays; they've seen these plays throughout OTAs and minicamp, and they know it's coming. So it's a lot easier to jump a route, especially when you you know they're running a limited set of plays, and you just have that uh, that knowledge. Um, the linebacker group got a lot of accolades from Gruden. And uh, when he said, when I look at the tape of Sean Dion, and he showed up more so than any uh, time I've seen him, uh, he's healthy, he's running faster, way faster than what this time last year, and he looks fast. Uh, he looks instinctive. He's, he's what we thought he would be when we drafted him from Alabama. He's set. Obviously, Mason's doing well, and uh, he thinks that, you know, he, the weight loss has been good and that he's going to be able to step into that role when, you know. Uh, and Jay Gruden was also really impressed with John Bostic. Uh He said he came in for a couple of days, and he picked up the system quickly, uh, running around, he's playing fast and smart. You know he's a physical player, and we could tell that without pads on, and, you know, he's got a motor on him. Uh, he said he's been very impressed, and uh, he's also been really impressed with Cole Holcomb, the way he's running out there, and um, he's also really, really fast and athletic. So it's great to see this group stepping up and looking impressive after that devastating loss to Reuben Foster. I'm really hoping that this, um, this all translates to success on the field, but we'll see how they improve through minicamp and uh, training camp and into the preseason. The secondary looked really good again, and to push home my point on the improvement of the coaching staff with the addition of Ray Horton, and really just in general, the push for communication amongst the squad. Listen to what Horton said. Um, he said they're in shape, they're strong, they have all that. But they need to really become coaches on the field and talk more. And I've got a talented group of men, but they're very quiet. They just are. I need them to come out of that shell and be more vocal on the field and dominate. And that's what I'm looking for. For them to go, I understand the defense now and I'm going to take command of the defense. It just speaks volumes to the type of environment that they're pushing. Um, uh, open communication, um, you know, take ownership, uh, be accountable for what you're doing on the field. Uh, the secondary, I think, has been lacking that over the last couple of years. Obviously, uh, DJ Swearinger last year kind of running his mouth, and I think the whole safety and cornerbacks group really had somewhat of a division, um, and I don't want to say that's specifically due to the coaching staff, but you know it, it all does start from the top, uh, so I'm really excited to see what Horton can do with this squad, and again, he's just got so much experience, and he's a, a really a true leader that I, I, I feel everyone is going to kind of buy into what he's bringing to the team. Um, yeah, the defense as a whole looked great. Uh, I cannot say enough great things about this team. And their defensive squad, I really, honestly think we have the potential to be a top five defense in the league this year. Uh, our front five, our front seven, it's ridiculous. Our middle linebackers, are, it's a strong group. We'll see how they develop, um, but again, with that front five, Montez Sweat and Kerrigan on the on the edge, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be tough for the offensive lines to defend to to, to defend them. It's it's going to be really interesting interesting to see, and I think the secondary is just going to benefit from the the, the amount of talent we have up front there. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to this defense more so than anything. I mean, I love having Haskins and having a, a QB of the future in the building, but uh, you know, to to have something that we know is going to be great and it's it's just exciting. It adds a level of uh, excitement to the entire fan experience. Um back to minicamp, the, the special teams was uh, relatively routine. Uh, again, there's another new coach uh, in the building, uh, Nate K- K- uh, Kazer, I believe his name is, Kaser. Um, Gruden's very impressed with him. He said uh, he's very detail-oriented and uh, brings a great energy. Um, and he's a coach just not for individuals, but for the entire group. And again, he thinks it's important that guys buy into the energy. It's legitimate, and they understand the importance of special teams. Uh, I think a lot of our rookies are going to have success playing on our special teams, uh, groups and, um, Terry McLaurin, um, uh, Kelvin Harmon, uh, you know, just, just in general, I, I think these guys are going to get a potentially land a spot on this team because of their special teams play. And, um, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, obviously our, our specials, um, Tress Way, Hopkins, sunberg uh, you know, we, we got a good group of guys there. Um, and, you know, if we can have the energy brought up in that group and, you know, it, it just helps the team as, in, in, as a whole. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, so really my final thoughts on minicamp. I mean, it was a, a really good three days. It's great to see these guys out there. Um, it, it's really great to see this whole team coming together. Uh, to see all the pieces on the field at the same time and and just see how everything's coming together and operating as a group. Uh you know, we we've added pieces in free agency, we've added pieces in the draft and you know, you never really know how that's all going to work and come together and who's going to shine. It, it it's really exciting. It really gets you pumped uh, because you know, it's only minicamp, but you can see the potential of the individuals and see how it'll lead to success on this on the team. Um There are obviously a lot of questions that need to be answered throughout training camp and preseason, but the precursors of OTAs and minicamps really shine a light on who had the talent, who has the drive to really push in position battles, and who we can expect to see in the final 53-man roster. Um, You know, there's a lot of time and a lot can happen before week one in Philly, but these last few weeks uh, really give us some insight uh, to what we've assembled and how it's all coming together. Um you know, it's exciting. Uh, you know, we had a, you know, a relatively quiet, but I think a strong free agency period. Um, you know, we, we got some pieces that we felt we needed and brought in some depth and, uh, you know, again, our draft, I cannot say enough good things about this draft. It was, it, it was incredible. Um, so yeah, it's, OTAs are done. Mini camps done the quiet period starts for a little while where, uh, you know, everyone's waiting for training camp. Um, You know, it's exciting. It's a, it's a slow time of year, but you know, as we get a closer and closer to training camp, you know, you you start to see the media light up a little bit more. And then as camp start, you know, NFL season really kind of kicks off. And again, we get to see all these pieces coming together and, and, the potential of these players and how they might impact this team it's it's just really exciting uh, for a fan perspective um yeah so that's the otas and mini camps um again I, I i hope 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 that the redskins work out this trent Williams situation uh i think we need him at camp um you know i don't know necessarily know if he needs to be at camp uh, because you know Trent is a true professional. He works out with his own trainers. He'll be ready, uh, but I, I think we need him there, not for his personal shape and 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 for him being ready. We need him there for everyone around him. Uh, you know we still have a huge question mark at left guard. Who's going to fill that role? Is it going to be West Martin? Is it going to be Eric Flowers? And you know working next to Trent and. You know, just seeing him lead by example—that's uh, invaluable, and we need that. I really hope their skins make that a priority and uh, get that done. Uh, again, I'd love to see Trent extended for a few more years and get paid. I mean, he's a—I think he's a top three, top five tackle in the league, if not one of the best tackles in the league. And you know, he should be paid that. Uh, I know everyone. Every time I bring it up on Twitter, everyone says, "Oh, well, if you pay." Trent Williams, that you're going to suffer somewhere else on the team. But listen, uh, that offensive line, uh, offensive lines in general, they uh, dictate how the offense plays. And, you know, Tom Brady is as uh, successful as he is because he's a great quarterback, but he always has a strong offensive line. He has time to do what he needs, and that's important. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Um, I think we need to take care of Trent and get him back we we just got to do it and uh i'd love for us to lock up Brandon Sheriff um maybe our uh executive front office can you know work another magic magical deal that we can not eat up too much cap space in the next couple of years until we figure out this whole Alex Smith comp contra- uh you know uh, contract but you know those two guys are a pivotal part of our offense and uh we need them and we we need them we need them out there uh we want them both happy we want them thinking long-term we don't want them thinking okay this is I'm here for one more year and and this is you know my year to prove myself to go somewhere else we've lost too many players to to continue that um these guys should be our our rocks on the offensive line we should be building around these guys uh with young talent with you know young receivers in the in the draft and um I, I just think it's vital we lock these two guys up and and wrap these contracts up prior to training camp um and, yeah, I'm really excited for the squad. I mean, the receiver group, you know, I I really am excited to see Paul Richardson back at full speed. Um, he had that really good year in Seattle. Uh, obviously, last year was tough for us uh, to lose him and for him never really to come back to his full potential. But to have him start, hopefully, at his full potential this year should be good. Um, Terry McLaurin, I'm pumped to see him. I Again, I love that kid's leadership seems like a really smart guy. He's going to be able to fill a lot of holes for us. Um, Trey Quinn, uh, you know, he's probably going to be our slot guy. He's going to, again, another one of those guys who's going to get a lot of time and a lot of action. Um, Cam Sims, uh, our entire receiving corps, um, with the exceptional one guy who I've talked about in the past, and I don't want to get into it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see who really shines over the next few weeks in training camp and who stands out and who wins the job. I mean, it's a competition and, you know, all these guys are going for that, those slots. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, obviously our offensive line is, uh, you know, it's, it's really important. We get that resolved before camp. Um, we need those guys there and, you know, our, our quarterbacks need those guys there. Uh, we need to build a rapport and, and create that chemistry, uh, amongst the offense, um, so it's important that those guys are back. Uh, I'm really excited for our secondary. Uh, you know, we've got some great guys. We got Norman coming back, uh Dunbar, Moreau, and Jimmy fucking Moreland. I mean, we I, I really like our secondary. Uh, not even to mention Landon Collins, Monte Nicholson. Um, you know, I wish we had a little more depth at safety, but uh we'll see how that all plays out. Um there's some time left. There's still some free name free agency uh players out there that are available. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what we have once uh, we get to camp and we'll see who shines and, and hopefully everyone's ready. And, uh, again, that, that front five, that front seven in the, on the defense, um, you know, I, I think they're the best in the league. Um, I defy you to, you know, to, to push them out of the top five. I I don't want to say defy you to tell me a better uh, starting five in the league or front five, um, because, you know. I don't know as many teams as I would uh, would like to, but uh, I am pumped on our guys and I'm excited. Um I really think we got a good squad this year and training camp is going to be a great time. Uh I'm looking forward to hearing all the reports out there. Um and yeah, just kind of covering it and and staying on top of things. I'm very excited for this team this year. so that's it for minicamp um you know some other notable uh, items that have occurred uh since OTAs and uh over the last couple weeks um the Redskins signed another tight end Donald Parham uh he's a giant giant guy I believe he's about six eight um and I believe he was at our last day of OTAs um and he's big he's got some good hands and uh you know, I don't know if he's just more than, uh, you know, another camp body, but uh, we'll see how he does. Uh, we could always use depth, and um, again, he's a, a big guy. He's very noticeable out there. You, you can, cannot miss him. Um, so, other than that, the uh, Redskins made some pretty significant changes to staff, uh, and it mainly comis- uh, consisted of promotions to a majority of their scouting staff. Um You know, they've made some great strides over the last few years, and this draft was probably one of the best of our last decade. Um, So, you know, to see those guys kind of get moved up and to bring other guys up into, you know, higher up positions, it's good for everyone. Um, To hire from within and uh, promote from within, it's great. It just means that you want to retain the guys you have, and, you know, they're doing a good job. Um, So with all that said, uh, there's a few weeks before training camp, and I'm kind of on the fence about doing another podcast prior to then. I really want to do a prediction of the final 53-man roster and then see what I got right and wrong when the team starts making actual cuts. But we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. Um, You know, If there's anything notable that comes up, it may sway me one way or another. Uh, So we'll see. Um, I really hope you guys have enjoyed this overview of minicamp and, uh, my thoughts on the trend situation, um, and just my thoughts on this team in general. Um, you know, as always, I'd love to hear feedback from you guys. A- any and all feedback is great. Uh, you know, I take, cr- uh, constructive criticism. Uh, so if you guys feel I'm doing something, you know, you don't like, or you want me to do more of, I- I'd love to hear it. Um. If you are enjoying what I'm doing here, uh by me by all means, please go on uh, Apple podcast, Just uh search offseason champions and hit that review button. Um, you know, it really goes a long way in helping the podcast and hopefully helping reaching a wider audience. Um and if you guys are on Twitter, please follow me at at HTTR champs. Um you know, I'm pretty active on there. And, uh, again, I'd love to hear feedback from you guys. Um, and again, reach a, a, a wider audience. Uh, I, you know, I love this team. Um, you know, I, I, I love a majority of this fan base and, uh, I really think, you know, it's a tight knit community and, um, I'd love to just have a, a wider outreach to everyone. So again, uh, thank you again for all your support and, uh, till next time.